Hey folks, Gavin Roth here with episode 15 of the Roth Revenue Podcast. This is the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, where I sit with sponsorship marketing leaders to find out their story, their mentors, their insights, and personal and professional development advice. This episode's featured guest is Bonnie Hillman, president of ANC, a boutique PR partnership and sponsorship agency that works with an esteemed list of brands and properties. Bonnie bought ANC from its founder in 2004 and together with her talented team has taken the agency to new heights. Bonnie is a leading authority on sponsorship strategy and negotiation with three decades in communications, strategic planning, and corporate partnerships in both New York and Toronto. The team at ANC refers to her as their strategy whisperer, and who wouldn't want that handle? Bonnie has also served as chair of the Sponsorship Marketing Council of Canada and is on the board of the Lauren Scholars Foundation. In this episode, we discuss Bonnie's path into sponsorship marketing, a path that included a stint in a New York City museum. ANC's very provocative mantra, I won't give it away in this intro, you'll have to listen. We discuss the difference between sponsorship and partnership. Bonnie's unique take on mentorship, including a story of how she called up Brian Cooper and asked him to mentor her on how to grow her agency, and the idea of learning new things from younger staff, how civic engagement is a compelling platform for brands. We talk about the TD partnership at Union Station, a deal Bonnie, James O'Connor, and their team were instrumental in architecting. We discuss how to sell a future state. We talk about how a walk with her dog led to a series of conversations with Meridian Credit Union, which in turn led to a landmark partnership between Meridian and TO Live. We discuss trends, including the rise of three-part partnerships between brand, property, and cause. And Bonnie gives outstanding personal and professional development advice, including the importance of kissing a couple of frogs. Have a listen, and you'll know what I mean. I hope you enjoy, and for more episodes of the Roth Revenue Podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Spotify, SoundCloud, or check out RothRevenue.com. All right, uh, sitting today with Bonnie Hillman, who is president of ANC Inc., uh, and it's interesting, uh, um, I was reading up on your website um, that it used to be called arts and communications, but as you say, now that those words mean so many different things, it's now just A and C. So first of all, thank you for sitting with me. Thank you for inviting me. Great. And tell me about that transition, arts and communication, A and C, and maybe some of the thinking behind that. Sure. So the I bought the company from its founder, and the company started in the 70s as really a very niche nichely focused sponsorship and PR agency that was all about arts. And the arts in the founder's time meant the symphonies, the ballet companies, the museums across the country. And she noticed in in her very forward-thinking way that there was a gap, that most of these institutions saw 
asking corporations for money is purely philanthropic. But there was a moment in time, probably in the early 80s, I think in her time, where she realized that there was some small marketing connection between actually either hospitality or brand building where um, mostly Bay Street company, financial sector, Bay Street would see the value in bringing an exhibition that had a lot of profile. So she started this company in New York as an offshoot of another company in New York that was called Arts and Communications Counselors and basically became an outsourced corporate sponsorship sales force for pretty much every high art institution in the country. And she did it well for a long time. And in those days, pre-internet, the work would involve a lot of strategic thinking. It would, and, and also intel about what companies care about what. Yeah. So does this, and it, a lot of it was driven by the Educate, CEO. Educating them, right? A lot exactly. Educating them. How to them, go about it. How to go about it, looking at it more as an opportunity for investment with some marketing return rather than please give us money, we're worthy. So she shifted the conversation. Mm. When I joined her 18 years ago, um, I had worked in some museums doing corporate sponsorship in New York, worked at the Science Center here, loved it. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't as hardcore an arts person as she, but I loved being in that space Mm. and I loved educating and helping and supporting and doing some deals in a place that, Deals were hard to find. Yeah. So she, so, but we, so we did that in early days um, and saw it wasn't really sustainable. When you actually, when you're a marketer and you look at an arts portfolio, unless it's a TIFF or a really major exhibition, um, it, it can't hold its own against a sports property or a festival where you've got numbers and television and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So we saw that while we could certainly be a strategic advisor to the arts institutions and we understood them and knew them, um, it became harder and harder to run a business. So we, we sort of pivoted and did what we needed to do as a business owner, still keeping our foot in the arts and culture world because that's our provenance and had some decisions to make about where to go. Um, there was a point probably five years ago where we really were doing very little in arts and communications and we had clients like Johnny Walker who said, mm-hmm. what does this have to do with arts and communications? We called ourselves ANC anyway mm-hmm. and rather than change the name, which involves a whole lot of things and yeah. I felt like was, who cares? Yeah. We just started calling ourselves ANC, mm-hmm. dropping the arts and communications. So it felt like an organic, logical step. Uh, I, and and I, there's a part on your site that just caught my attention. I have to read it to you and get your uh, elaboration on this. Our gods, our results, strategy, and creative ideas in that order. Um, that's just a really provocative statement. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that... It does make us a bit, I mean, everyone says they get results, but I think that in the communications world, the fact that we're so sales and results oriented and it's part of our DNA, if you will, um, that's unusual for a communications company because a a lot of the mindset is we're doing the work and we have goals, but they're not as measurable or tangible. I grew up in the sponsorship world where you're only successful when you make a deal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, good segue then. So uh, you grew up in the sponsorship world. What drew you into the space? We're here talking about this as part of a series um, featuring influencers in sponsorship marketing. It's a field I'm passionate about, you're passionate about. We'll talk about that today. But how did, how did you well, navigate I, into yeah, this space? I, I absolutely fell in. I didn't you know, unlike some of our colleagues who, you know, went to a sports marketing program yeah. and knew that's what you wanted. And if you're not, well, in they sport, didn't exist. Right. right? Well, I guess yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like yes. they're, they're relatively new. It's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I fell in, I started my career working in advertising and then I would have an existential crisis and go work in a not-for-profit doing marketing communications. So I bounced back and forth and landed at a, at a, still early on in my career relatively, working in a museum in New York City called the Asia Society where I, they had a corporate sponsorship program that in those days was based on the fact that many, many big companies were opening up the Asian market and needed that connection with their team. So it was less of a marketing play. Well, part of it was, hmm. but also they wanted their senior executives who are moving to Japan or other parts of Asia to actually understand the culture. So we had a part, we had a sponsorship program that was, I joined having come from advertising and marketing and bounced around a bit. And I found that I loved the creativity of making the match and seeing the value for both sides. Yeah. yeah. And that was sort of the beginning of me having, and in those days it was very primitive sponsorship. It wouldn't, you know, wouldn't hold a candle to what we do now. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, the metrics were different, but it was fundamentally figuring out which corporations would want to exchange money for some value that we as a property have. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's, that's uh, very, very well, well put and that's sponsorship. Right. And it's interesting. I mean, I, I have to ask this question because there's this, almost this, this, uh, this push to get rid of the term sponsorship and uh, and we have to call it partnership. And I, I've, I've for opinion of one here, feel like there are both, right? There are, I agree. there's, there's true, there are still truly sponsorship programs and there are truly partnership programs and you don't have to call sponsorship partnership to make it sound more professional. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I love that you're saying that. Because I think they're different. Yeah. I think there are still very much sponsorship programs that are more robust than we might have looked at them 10 years ago. Yeah. But the principle is still sponsorship. Partnerships to me are different. So a partnership to me is like what you've been involved with with CIBC in the airport. Yeah. Or what I was involved with with Union Station and TD Bank. Yeah. Those are, because they cross a lot of business lines, they're not a marketing exercise. Yeah. Sponsorship to me is a marketing exercise primarily. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And partnerships can have that as part of it. They, and they can do. Have, have more advertising supporting it. But yes, there's an inherent exchange of business benefits, right, built into it. So um, uh, that, that's great to hear. Um, and, and this and another thought as you took me through that that um, uh, that journey is is how sports properties got it early. They they understood this idea of going and connecting brands um, to their property and exchange of dollars. But this these arts and culture and mass transit, like you say, I'm working with the airport. You're working with Union Station. 
they're waking up to this idea that, hey, we've got millions of people coming through. We can profile, you know, give, segment them and, and explain who they are to prospective partners. Uh, but we need help now going out and generating revenue from it, right? It's, it's an interesting yes. trend how these other organizations are waking up to the idea of partnerships and sponsorships. Absolutely. We're working now with a, a client in the U.S. that is the largest multifamily owner and manager of rental units. Wow. And they had this really forward-thinking thought where they have a million people living in their units in the U.S. Oh. They typically are affluent, professional. The average rental is high. Um, they, they have retained us Love to that. figure out how they can both create a brand that much like some hotels do, where yes. you know you always like to stay in X brand. Yes, yes. There are so many American professionals who get transferred from Atlanta to uh, Fort Lauderdale. They want that feeling to say, we want to stay in this property. Yeah. And they want to build some amenities, some loyalty, and frankly, create a fan base. Mm. So we're working with them on what will it take to actually create a partnership structure that looks like has some elements of sponsorship, yeah. that has some exclusivity, that has a direct access to their tenant base that brings value to their experience. Well, that's too. it. So that's a huge new category that. that I think we'll be seeing more of. Super. Um, mentorship. Um, you know, I know, I know you served as chair of the sponsorship marketing council of Canada, the SMCC, very involved in that. Um, um, they recently, uh, about three years ago now, I think it was put in or a couple of years, three years ago, mentorship program. Uh, but so aside from that, your own views on mentorship, maybe people have played a role in. Oh, your... I've always had mentors. Yeah. And I, um, in fact, I think two years ago, I called Brian Cooper and said, I need you to be my mentor. Ah. I said, what? We're the same age. And yeah, 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 yeah. He said, no, I need, I need to figure out how to build my company the way you did yours. I love that. Um, so I'm always on the hunt for mentors, and I find them in all kinds of places. Yeah. I guess my first one was my first boss in advertising who really taught me about having very high standards yeah. and, and that nothing was solved in a day. Um, one of my mentors all is Tyler Mazaru when, mm. and I worked with Tyler when he was right out of school and obviously, you know, it's a reverse mentorship, but not to me. I, I, I learned how to push myself because I mean, Tyler is at his core, a sponsorship guy Yes, and thinks at, you know, his whole lens every, you know, he wakes up in the morning and sees connections and yes. what could work. And he's I, probably got one of those CIA Analyst yeah, boards exactly. in his, in his exactly. house, right? Exactly. Connecting the dots, but it's just instead of the the, the perpetrator, it's the brand. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, in his pajamas. Yeah. And, um, I um, I learned how to push myself to be way more creative yeah. working with him. Um, and you know, I continue to have I my my current mentor in my company. I read a really interesting book. Um, a guy named Chris Connolly was actually my vintage and stage and he was brought in he ran a hospitality company he was brought in by airbnb to help them and he thought he was coming in as like the senior and realized he learned more from these you know 28 year old geniuses but that he had something to offer 
as a modern elder, he mm. calls it, in wisdom. And the book's really interesting. Um, I realized when, when I, I heard him talk and then read his book that um, I want to find a mentor amongst my very young staff to I actually school that. me about social media. Like I'm yes. not a native, obviously, a digital native. And so it's a different mindset. I get it intellectually, but I want to be able to viscerally understand it better. So I am, I'm big on informal mentorship. Oh. I've been, I am a formal mentor and with two folks. Um, I do find that it's a real equal relationship. I get as much out of yeah, their well perspective. Yeah, and, 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 and if you go into it with that mindset, right. And I think probably, the majority don't. They 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 go in. I'm here to impart, even if they don't come off with that tone. I'm here to impart yes. wisdom and and insight. But wow, like why not? You, you if you can pick your the folks you hang around with, well, you'll learn for sure. Uh, and this whole idea, I heard a term recently about legacy always being a kind of a backward facing you know, uh, left a great legacy. Well, how, companies need to start thinking about legacy as a forward yes, um, term, for sure. right? And this idea of, of just just the, the continuum goes both ways and mentorship, I think you framed it really cleverly there in that we can learn as much uh, from people younger and less experienced, but maybe Absolutely. you have a specialty, right? For sure, All yeah. Said. Thank you. Um, so partnership and sponsorship programs, um, uh, you've been in the news recently with the TO Live Meridian partnership. Congratulations on that. Um, you know, TD and, and union, right? Yes. Uh, so great programs. Um, you've been involved with so many, I'm sure, uh, it's going to be hard to distill, but, um, something you've been associated with hands-on and just you're proud of maybe and why. So, I'm, I mean, the most recent ones I'm proud of for yeah. sure are um, TD Union Station and mm-hmm. TO Live and Meridian. Absolutely. Um, I think that for us, the union, and we've worked with Young Dundas Square too, the, our pivot from, and it was a natural progression from understanding, you know, the arts and culture scene, which is less mainstream than sports, this whole idea of civic engagement with numbers, of course, because that's where the dollars come in, but um, is a really compelling platform. And and so we found that we were getting a lot of response, certainly on Union Station. And when we started with Union Station, it was a construction site that was a real eyesore and irritation for most Torontonians, certainly for computer commuters. Um, so it was hard to envision that this was actually going to be a destination. Now there's four restaurants there, there's stores, there's, so we were selling a very aspirational mm-hmm. idea. But when we took people on a hard hat to re- we the sales process was different than yes. a typical property where you've got it all baked. Yeah. And, Come and sit in a box and watch the game, and watch right? It. No. Exactly. This was very future oriented. Yeah. And also a lot of skepticism, like mm. really the city of Toronto and, you know, what, and, and mm. so we sort of took a step back and also had a great client in Osmington Inc. who is the private company that has the lease for Union Station. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't know that. Yeah. I yeah, know. And that, so yeah. we sort of said, let's take a year oh. and just talk to 
the different brands that we think would have something to gain and would ultimately, if they understood Smart. the vision and yeah. we'll do hard hat tours and we'll keep them up to date and let's, because nothing existed yet. Yeah. And that was, um, that ended up being the right path yeah. or one of the right paths. There might've yeah. been others yeah. because we had all five banks really engaged and interested in, in exploring it. Yeah. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, but it was hard to, you know, No, I agree. I, it's why I, 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 you know, had the pleasure of working on the 2010 uh, Olympics from a, the media consortium, and a lot of people said, "Oh, but that had to be, you know, who wouldn't want to talk to you?" So I get that perspective, yes. but the the complexity of the negotiations, yes. the level of investment we were seeking, the 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 depth of the integration. Um, wasn't easy. Absolutely. And that reminds me of this. Who wouldn't want to kick tires on union? Right. But when, getting the right partner, the absolutely. right deal, the right terms, the right approach, uh, that you don't just fall out of bed For and sure. stumble upon. It's strategic. For sure. And and the truth is my teammate here, James O'Connor, was really on both that TD Union and TO Live and Meridian was really the person in the trenches. Mm. I mean, yeah, I get the credit. You're talking to me, but yeah. he really, my team here really. Well, we could end this. I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Is, he in? is he in today? No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Thanks, really Bonnie. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, he really dug in and really understood what was going to be key and what were deal breakers, what was going to be key and, and translated and was the marriage broker on both those. Um, on the recent one with TO Live, Again, and we all know this when we do sponsorship sales or partnership work, timing is everything. Mm. And we don't like to think that because we can't control <laughs> that. But the truth is that, you know, you hit it at a moment in time. And, you know, I started to notice that Meridian was making a footprint in downtown Toronto, mm. literally walking my dog. Mm. And so we we yeah. sort of had the so, and that's what it takes. You sort of notice and then being curious, right? Being curious. Being, yeah, yeah. This is yeah, interesting. Observing. I've not seen them here yeah. before. Um, and then it was a series of conversations that started out very low level and just listen, here's who we are. Here's the opportunity. We just mm. wondered, here's why we notice this. Might this be interesting? And so it's a non-threatening way of starting of a course. discussion, right? right? It's easier to draw them in exactly. for the next discussion. Exactly. Of, hey, I got something. Do you, you know, exactly. we've got time crunch here. Exactly. Yeah. And and they were also hadn't played on such a big stage. So it was it was a, you know, there there was they were very open but also cautious. Skeptical, as they, of cautious, course. yeah. And um, our TO live client was was very excited about Meridian because of their community involvement and they were credit union. That that felt like the right partner for them because that's what their values are. Wow. So the shared values, as I did yeah. this blog about. Yeah, um, I read that But piece, the timing yeah. at the end of the day, you know, if this were a year from now, Meridian might have moved on and done some other things. And so, you know, and again, what do we do with that? But it's just always the context. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being aware and, and, and not being afraid to start discussions uh, with the right companies, because if you don't have those discussions and those conversations, you're not going to find that common ground. So I think it's just being curious. I love that being, being brave to start it. Those are all big themes in developing partnerships, Absolutely. right? And being passionate about 
the match. Yeah. We we really could see what the value could be for both. Yeah. And and when you really believe that and you're not right. just Right. And like, they're too close. They're they're, you know, they're they're working day to day and their business might not they might us and this and exactly. you know you help you help paint the picture exactly. for that, right? That's for what sure. a good partnership Absolutely. architect um, does so a hundred percent and tell the story yeah yeah very sure. good um what about programs in the market you've uh, just admired from a distance there's so many great so initiatives many. out there right uh, to pick on one or maybe two whatever uh, that have caught your eye and why so um my hands down favorite and I was um, I voted for it, and I it won last year at the sponsored marketing awards because I was on the jury. Yes, is the GoDaddy. Yeah. I mean, it gets uh, so much attention, doesn't it? And, and, and it's great. Partly, tell, tell us why. Yes. Well, it's 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 really. I mean, it it's what I love about it is that at first blush, it wouldn't seem like there's a connection. Yeah. Because what does one business have to do with the other? Yes. Um, and so I love that surprise element yeah. where it's not the typical, oh, of course they're sponsoring yes. that, yeah, beer and, and exactly. sports or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So the creativity around that. And then when you actually unpack it and say, of course, GoDaddy would want that demographic and want a presence yes. there. And then because I'm an, you know, an old advertising person, the way that it <laughs> unfolded, the creativity involved in that, yeah. the delight, the the organic, the way that the athletes were used yes. in a, this un, unprecedented, surprising, yeah. lovely, charming, accessible way yes. blows me away. I, there, the, it really, I still, when I, I'll still, if I'm in a bad mood, Google yeah, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Just to Especially watch. the first one. Especially. I mean, I mean Yona, he, I, I, I'm a big, big Raptor fan. Me and, too. And that, that campaign and I use GoDaddy personally for my website. So I have those brands. So do I. And, um, Jonas, I'm a big fan. I've become even a bigger fan. He's got a great personality. Great. And you're seeing him now in MLSC's other partnerships exactly. with Uber. He's he's now yeah. featured in that because they know they've got a guy who can authentically deliver. Exactly. And, and, and how about your uh, itty bitty ballers for a seven foot guy? It's, it's just, just so genius, right? Genius. And do we he, know who came up with the idea? Was so it an agency? I, was yeah, it? Was I was it? recently, um, me, I think there were a number of people. Yeah. I was meeting with a group who worked for Juniper, Juniper Park TWA and they said they were involved in it, but yeah. I don't know who nailed it's like, that. It's like the, you know, over the years, I've probably met a hundred people who stake claim to the I am Canadian. Totally. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> over time. Exactly. <laughs> and the itty bitty ballers exactly. with Valentunas, I'm sure over time. For sure. A hundred of those. But I think that also, the, because I knew I loved it as a consumer and as a Raptors fan and as a, mm. a GoDaddy user. But when I when I was part of the jury and saw the business results yes. on both sides, I thought, okay, checks every single box. Yeah. That there it, you go. To me, it really is the gold standard. Yeah. Like, so I, you know, there's lots of other campaigns and they do what they need to do and they're, mm -hmm. you know, charming and depending on your own interests and curiosity mm -hmm. and lifestyle. But that one to me is. I just, I wish I were involved in it. Yeah, it raises an interesting thought in that. Um, uh, curious to get your take on this. You come out of the gate with such a win, such a home run. It's hard to sustain, yes. you know, that level. And I'm not sure if the subsequent versions of it 
have been as effective as say, and I don't know that for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if it started up here. It's almost like WestJet and the Christmas Miracle, right? Totally. ALS and the Ice, ice Bucket, bucket right? It's so hard to, you capture magic and then everybody wants to keep going after it, right? It's true. There are very few brands who I think, I mean, certainly the sponsorship piece, where do they go from there? Yeah. You're absolutely right. And the whole idea of sustainability is um, is really, really important. Yeah. I mean, there are brands and, and sponsorships that have done that. I absolutely. Think. Yeah. You think of Kraft and some of the work they've absolutely. done, right, with, uh, with Hockeyville. For and, sure. Um, and but, Nike seems to always yes. nail their oh, yeah. marketing always. and, and in all the extensions. But I think you're right. That is the challenge. I remember we did have... Good the problem ice, to have. It is a great yeah. problem to have. I think that when you start out with something that high, yes, it's harder. It's if you build it and then all of a sudden it's a body of work and you say, "Wow, this is sustainable." Well, you said a key word off the top: surprise, right? The surprise of that program, and that's part of why it's hard to duplicate. Because once you've done that, now everybody's like leaning in, saying, "Okay, top that." But it's uh, true. Great yeah, example. Yeah, WestJet's a great example. Too, yeah, yeah, for good. sure. Um, you know, a couple things to to wrap on, um, and and certainly if there's others you, you want to discuss, but I I I love to just understand successful people, personal. I'm, I've gotten so much over the years into deeper into professional and personal development, um, just learning from others. Um, you know uh, how to make how to just be the best you, right? Sounds cliche. Sorry to go all Oprah on you there. <laughs> no, but, it's okay. But, um, but it's important, I, you know, I, to pay attention to that. What some, some personal habits that you employ? Well, I'll just be cliche back. Um, I definitely, you know, being physically healthy. Yes. I, you know, work out, I'm yoga, bicycling, like that has always been part of my... Yes. <clears throat> and, you know, definitely, and again, it just all sounds cliche, um, having a happy life yes. outside of what we do for work. We can't always control that, but yes. to the, same with our health, but to the degree that we can and know yourself, what makes you happy. So <clears throat> check those boxes yes. from a kind of work habit standpoint or just a, in a beingness. Yeah. Um, I tend to ask lots of questions. Yeah. Be curious. Curiosity is a really important part of being successful I believe huge um being open which is hard sometimes especially at my age like you know mm. like oh been there done that somebody says something and um listen more than I talk which clearly in this podcast I'm working on still <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> but, the purpose <laughs> exactly yeah yeah what my grandmother used to say you know you have two ears and one and mouth use them in equal them, proportion right, sure. right yeah um find mentors wherever you are which we talked yeah. about don't ever be a victim um, ever and yeah. be proactive and really to the degree that you can work in a business and environment that you feel like it's your tribe yeah. and that you're home and you can thrive and be the best you. Mm. And not all of us get to do that and certainly not all the time. Yes. We all have had jobs where it wasn't 100% of a fit. But that's the if that's the goal, and when you're starting out in your career, you don't always know. Yeah. You don't know if you want to work in a big company or a small company, or um, and so you have to kind of kiss a couple of frogs, mm. work in well places said. where yeah. you learn this is so not for me, mm -hmm. or this piece of it was for me. I had a really great boss, 
and a half of my day was spent doing things I really liked. Mm. But you don't know that. And yes, I think and get out there and put yourself in put yourself to take learn, jobs right? take and risks. learn and be accountable and responsible when you're doing the job. Yes. But learn that, okay, have goals. Okay, I'm not gonna be here in April. What do I need to do to mm-hmm. find my next gig? And I think that a lot of our culture now is where people feel like they've gotta know. Like, I've got to be in something I absolutely love every minute of the day. And you can't know that when you're 25, unless you've always grown up wanting to be a doctor and you're in medical school. Don't, don't tell 25-year-olds they don't know everything. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, For sure. Yeah. So Great advice. I yeah. think that or it's great, really great to just, yeah, stay open and, and don't be afraid to kind of fail. Yeah. That's how we learn. Yeah, well said. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't get your take before we wrap on just, you know, in the space we're in, sponsored marketing trends or anything that you've uh, noticed between brands and and, and, and properties. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've seen the latest sponsorship landscape study and, you know, you're in the trenches yourself, uh, high level, but even, you know, in the front lines. What, what do you seeing out there What's well i mean i you know everybody talks about this so i'm probably gonna not i mean ai like the how we activate sponsorships yes. clearly technology will continue to be way more important we all need to get more converse and understand the costs associated what the real values are all those things again these same themes return on investment i'm finding even in all the work we do on communications how you measure how you actually course correct build on those things I think are more important than they've ever been. Yeah. And and I higher think degree of accountability h- now, way right? higher degree yeah. of accountability and every dollar has to actually answer to something bigger yeah. and, and show that it's worked. Yeah. Um I think also, you know, the cause platform is it's been around a while, so I don't know that I'd even characterize it as a trend, but yeah. I think that we see these three part partnerships where you know a brand, a property, and then there's a cost. Yes, yeah, and I think that's not going away. Right. I think that consumers and people generally, especially younger generation, are demanding that of mm-hmm. of any brand that they're going to consume or be absolutely part of. The, the millennial um, crowd are are very particular about that uh, they want brands they support to stand for something right, right? and it's kind of motherhood i mean we've yeah. always I, you know i'm not a millennial and i also have a conscious consumer Absolutely. mindset and so i think that that be, that will become table stakes yes um, yeah. for big partnership and they they are already for the most part but i think that will continue i had a, a interesting debate um you know my family's been personally touched by mental health so Bell and Let's Talk is an initiative that I'm very proud of. Yes. Uh, is very important to us personally. And uh, a friend of mine who's just a contrarian and loves to stir the pot was being critical of if they really cared about it, why w- they wouldn't put their name on it. And I said, you know what? To me, all that matters is is here's a company taking a leadership position, a stance on something that is underserved, um, and using their very powerful megaphone and platform to create lots of dialogue and tremendous amount of funding. Go and put your name all over it, as Completely. long as it's 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 going to good. But just I wrapped with him on this point that companies figured out a while ago that uh, standing for something is good for business. So 
let's have more companies do that. I completely agree. Right. We had a, a discussion here with my team about the Gillette ad. Yes, very, very, very uh, and, much in the news. Yeah, and there were some women who yes. initially felt that why is it a a man a man's voice now talking about this? And my feeling was the opposite. Yeah. that's how change happens. Yes, change happens when. When people with influence, be they big brands, yes. be they whatever it is, um, even the perpetrators, if you will, of something that we see is is not going the well the way we want an enlightened society to go, of course they need to be part of the conversation. Yeah, that's how the change will it happen. Spreads right. Yes, yeah. and so I feel the same way about Bell. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, good. Bonnie, thanks so much. Thank for Thank you. This. Yeah, My it was pleasure. Great to chat. It was really great.